0: Welcome to the Universal Joint. I'm entertainment writer Jim Hill, and my co-host Dustin Fuse and I are recording this podcast on Saturday, April twenty-first, two 2021. All right, so folks, I I don't need to tell you this. We are in two steps forward, one steps back, country. I, you know, Dustin, up in Canada, when it comes to COVID, uh, you guys are are dealing with a, a resurgence right now. that keys off of the variants, right?
1: Yeah, we uh, as of April eighth, mm-hmm. we're back into a stay at home order mm-hmm. in Toronto and Ontario. Okay, uh, that was expected to last for only twenty eight days, mm-hmm. but it's going an additional two weeks on top of that. So that's at least May 20th mm-hmm. um, that we're going to be staying at home. We're also having a, a doozy of a, a vaccine rollout, mm-hmm. which is always fun. Mm-hmm. But I am very excited to see friends and family around the world able to get their vaccine and being able to go to Universal uh, right now. But yeah, we're stuck in a stay at home order for at least a, almost a month now.
0: And what's interesting is just this past Thursday, didn't the government uh, announce a, a travel restriction as well that in an effort to shut down the variants, right? Or, uh...
1: Yeah, they're actually going into a interprovincial travel ban. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be limiting folks from Ontario going into Quebec mm-hmm. and Manitoba and everywhere. It's, it's just one more reason that the, the, the variants are basically taking over at this point. But I'm jealous of all of my friends who get to go to WrestleMania and go to the Disney parks and enjoy all of this amazing stuff that we're going to be talking about today. Yeah, and I apologize, folks, if this seems like a somewhat
0: downbeat. Way to start the show, but trust me, we're going someplace here, you know, because you guys
1: are dealing with the uh, the variant from uh,
0: India and Pakistan, if I remember.
1: Yeah, and I was. think we've got a Brazil variant, okay. and uh, I think the Brazil variant actually took out the entire Vancouver Canucks hockey team. Oh, so yeah, there's a lot of a uh, lot of things, but. Uh, Let's just point this out. I can't go to the mall and buy pants right now. Mm -hmm. All non-essential retail is completely shuttered, Mm -hmm. uh, which means that if you need clothing or need something like that, you have to go online, which is great. I almost bought a significant amount from uh, UniversalOrlando.com the other day. Mm -hmm. There's some really nice Velocicoaster opening hats that I was thinking about.
0: (laughs) And and, and, and in fact, just briefly touch on the, the Legacy Store. Has opened and that it really looks like a must-see down there. Uh, Absolutely, if if I wasn't
1: stuck up here, I'd definitely be heading down there. Well, uh, but I,
0: honestly, folks, one of the reasons we're hammering so hard on the variant-related news is, of course, uh, the story that's coming out of Japan. And in that, because they're dealing with the UK variant on COVID, they just announced their third state of emergency. They're they're doing a two-week-long shutdown there. And what's kind of intriguing about this is that, you know, uh, what is it? Super Nintendo Land only finally officially opened on March 18th. Uh, And that's after, in fact, to bring the story full circle here, remember that, that, you know, Super Nintendo Land at the park in Osaka was supposed to open in July of 2020 to cash in on the fact that the Olympics in Tokyo were supposed to be happening in in that that very same month. And now, you know, here's Japan doing a, a, a hard Lockdown, you know. Excuse me, they refer to it as it's going to be short and powerful. That's uh, you know kind of how they describe my uncle. Um, but but <laughs> uh, but yeah, this third state of emergency will be uh, all, all the last two weeks, but with the hope that they can still do the Summer Olympics uh, in Japan in just three months' time. You know, and again, if you think about it, what's supremely ironic about this whole thing is that. Uh, what is it uh, Universal Studios Hollywood finally uh, after their, their taste of Universal event uh reopened to the public on friday april 16th uh and, and the reason i know this is that that day i can't tell you the number of photos i get sent from folks who were on the tram tour uh yep. who to, then took pictures of the construction wall for uh, super nintendo world the hollywood version which according to the giant letters on the side of the sign We'll open for the summer of 2022. So uh, here's hoping, knocking at a wood table here. But if we're talking about the tram tour in uh, Hollywood, and I know you, you were watching uh, one of them before we recorded today, Dustin. Uh, mm-hmm. Did you notice when you were watching the tram tour what you don't see anymore?
1: Yeah, uh, Whoville is gone. Yeah. And it was it was very prominent mm-hmm. when you uh, listen to the the team members going through their spiel. Mm-hmm. They're so used to talking about mm-hmm. Whoville mm-hmm. and the story behind it, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's not there anymore. Well, I, to explain the
0: moment of the tour we're talking about, folks, if, if you've ever done the backstage tour, you do, of course that. That loop on Colonial Street, the place where the, the Munster's house is located. And then, you know, the is it Wisteria Lane? Is that that where all the houses for Desperate Housewives were supposedly located? I, I forget. Um, but anyway, you then chug up the hill uh, on your way to the Bates Motel and the Psycho House. And en route, uh, there was this chunk of Whoville that had been built for ron uh, howard's uh, holiday 2000 film you know the how the grinch stole christmas uh that we do with you know jim carrey famously buried under all that rick baker makeup uh <laughs> and it was you know the weird thing is they still talk it up on other parts of the tour they talk about the you know i think it, it, at one point when it was in production it occupied nine different sound stages uh, at Universal, it was you know one of the biggest fantasy films that have been done in Hollywood since *The Wizard of Oz* back in '39. Um, but what was kind of intriguing is the sets had all been carved out of uh, styrofoam to, to get that sort of, you know, that, that never a straight line, Dr. Seuss, you know, unique style. And, mm-hmm. uh, but here's the thing that they you know So they then, uh, looking to create a, a fun vignette on the tour, they, they take a chunk of, of, of Whoville and they, they put it out on the hillside again, between colonial street and the Bates motel. Um, and in fact, I, I want to say as part of the Grinchmas celebration, uh every year when you rolled by there they'd put five and six different performers including somebody in the the Grinch outfit and they would do a little musical vignette uh mm-hmm. you know and you know so your tour, your tram would slow for like a minute you'd, you'd watch the Whovillians sing and dance and then you know they you'd chug on up the hill and Norman Bates
1: had come out at you um, I can never remember. Did they get that chance to like? If you're on the VIP tour, mm-hmm. are you able to go? Obviously, not anymore. But were you able to go on to the the Grinch set? Because uh, I remember seeing everything else that had that. Uh, like you could go out into the uh, the square. Um, you could go into the War of the Worlds. It's so
0: interesting you say that because again, to circle back to all carved styrofoam. Okay, and and think about this, Dustin. You you take big chunks of styrofoam and you put them out in the Southern California sun. Uh, And does the term structural integrity mean anything to you? Um, you In fact, evidently the performers who were working, who would work at Grinchmas, (laughs) were actually warned to... Time and time again, do not go into the building. Don't lean against the building. You know, all of the, all it's going to take is a stiff breeze to knock all of this stuff down. And evidently, that's ultimately what happened here was that, uh, you know, universal zone safety people finally went up the hill between, again, between Colonial Street and Bates Motel and went, mm, this is, we're not going to get another Christmas out of this. So, uh, yeah, it's time. It's time. <laughs> They pulled it down. So it, it's gone and. Um, and let's be honest, you know, in between, we did have, you know, the, the new Illuminations CG Grinch project with Benedict Cumberbatch voicing the character. And um,
1: uh, Every time you mention Benedict, it just goes through my head how he can't say the word penguin. I, did you ever see that? I had not heard this story. Oh, OK. No, you, you have to go on uh, online and just... Uh, he he did a voiceover for a movie and it was uh, uh, all about penguins and he couldn't say the word penguin. He said it penguin. Mm-hmm. Funniest thing, but then again, Benedict, uh, uh, you know, Academy Award-winning uh, actor at this point, you know, he's he's brilliant. He's Doctor Strange, but just can't say penguin.
0: Well, uh, you know, it, it's interesting you say that. We were just doing a story on on Marvel myself and Aaron Adams and um. Uh, they were talking about, you know, uh, evidently he may be sporting a new look as Doctor Strange in Doctor Strange 2, the the Doctor Mm -hmm. Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, Uh, a clean-shaven, you know, uh, uh, Stephen Strange. But I I, I guess it was Rachel Adams who was telling stories about shooting the first film. The thing is that evidently Benedict is quite the jokester off-camera, and the thing is that, you know they would you know, be doing all this bizarre magic thing but then when the camera was off they would just be joking and the problem is that they'd get laughing so hard particularly the fake version of the goatee would fall off oh no and it was just one of these things where the makeup people's like benedict please stop telling jokes to rachel please 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 god get know I, I don't want to keep doing touch-up on you all day Oh. Yeah. All right, anyway, so yes, the Tram Tour loses something. We lose our Whoville. but we but you know, but on the other hand, uh Universal Studios Hollywood gained something. Um so did did you see the news that broke about uh the Jurassic World ride?
1: Yeah, and then I got a chance to see the uh the video. Obviously, once again, <laughs> if I could travel, I would be down there. I almost got on a plane to go and check out the new store. Mm-hmm. At uh, at City Walk, I need to get down to the studios, Mm -hmm. but I was so jealous of uh, folks who got a chance to go and experience, uh, I guess the the real ending for Jurassic World. Before we forget, though, you
0: you you picked up on something, um, you know, oh, so we were pre gaming about who's being allowed into Universal Studios Hollywood. Very
1: true. So Universal Studios Hollywood is still, it's in California. Mm. There's uh, elements of that, uh, that state that still mm. are dealing with the COVID um, lockdowns and such. So we, we found out from the uh, California Department of mm. Health that visitation to theme parks are currently available to California residents only. Mm. So they are assessing the next steps to implement changes to previously uh, released guidance, and we'll share updated information. But they also announced that fully vaccinated people from out of state are now permitted Mm -hmm. to participate in activities restricted to in-state visitors. So if you've got your card, you're good to go. Okay, that's Nate said we were just talking about whether or not
0: we need to get these things laminated. So All right, anyway. (laughs) We were just talking about, uh, again, the Jurassic World ride, which, remember, was initially uh, changed over from the Jurassic Park ride in June of 2019. Uh, and that itself dated back to June of 1996. Um, and, okay, so when it first opened, people were thrilled with that brand-new opening scene with the mosasaurus. you know, the seemingly in the aquarium. I mean, you're going by these giant... Flat screen projections and the Mosbasaur seems to actually swim under the tunnel you're in. And then it, it bashes the glass to the point where you're now getting sprayed from a leak from the tank. Um, but as people move through the rest of the ride, it's like, oh, I thought this was supposed to be really
1: updated. and uh, Yeah, different. And he- <laughs> I don't know storyline there's things that needed to be there that well
0: and and as it turns out um they they kind of rushed to get it in for the that again uh june of 2019 and in a weird sort of way they were able to take advantage of the fact that um you know well you know uh Universal hollywood closed i want to say on march 14th of last year so during this Mm -hmm. period um they went in and so we now have a a brand new animatronic of the Dominus Rex. In fact, to be honest, we have two. Uh, in fact, if you watch the video, folk, that there's a wonderful little moment just before you begin the you know get on the load hill to begin to climb up to the, the the finale scene of you've got a banner sort of announcing that the Dominus Rex is now in the park. But what's really cool about this moment is behind the banner and in fact the only thing that's keeping you from being eaten is the fact that the 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 Dominus seems to be for at least for a moment uh, tangled in the banner and but you the head is pressed <laughs> against the banner and it's looking out at you and sniffing at you and it's and so the notion is they're setting up the story point that this thing is now stalking you and then it's stalking you up the hill uh to the place where owen is supposed owen and his an extraction team are going to rescue you um but the you know but it's it's now it's a 55 foot long 20 foot two foot tall predator it's supposedly one of the most advanced and realistic animatronic figures ever constructed uh and more to the point, they've also done some work with the T. Rex at the very top there. That's been there since '96, but he's very much now the hero figure. He comes to rescue you. But it's just, but what's cool is at least the press release. You know, so prepare yourself for the evolution of Jurassic World: The Ride. As in, you know, well, it's gotten better over the past two years. So you, you have to go check it out. It supposedly at this point has an unprecedented level of authenticity, uh, and you just escape the the uh, dominus rex's grasp before you speed down that waterfall um and that opened on friday uh, april 16th uh the week earlier however uh during the taste of universal event uh you know they suddenly the secret life of pets off the leash ride opened up for what <laughs> what they called technical rehearsals uh which was somewhat amusing given that this this <laughs> what this attraction has been ready to open uh since last year in fact they, they announced it was going to open on march 27th uh and then of course you know that, that you know on the by order of the department of health you know universal studios hollywood shut down on the 14th for what was only supposed to be two weeks and then turned out to be
1: geez, a year or a year and a month later. And I still can't buy eh, pants. I'm just okay. letting you know that it's it's been a rough mm-hmm. year. But uh, yeah, can you imagine if you're in the, that marketing team? And you're uh, getting all of your media from across uh, the country mm-hmm. and the world uh, going to that one location to see Secret Life off the Pets. And it's mm-hmm. ready to go. And they've done all the timing. They've done all the hiring. they've Everything is ready to go. And then the world comes crashing yeah, down. That, that, that's that got to have been frustrating.
0: Um, but uh, but at the same time, you, you know, they've got to be pleased with the reaction they've got. You know, that... that You know, that since, uh, you know, know, the the ride got up and running uh, as part of the Taste of Universal event, uh, this, you know, uh, Secret Life of Pets off the leash has been almost universally praised as, you know, a a very cute, fun family uh, dark ride. Uh, I want to say it has 64 animated figures, which is evidently a record. For Universal, uh, mind you, if we're, we're using the Disney yardstick here, the uh, parts of the Caribbean at Disneyland, which opened in 67, that has 120 figures. So if we're being completely fair here, you know, a number of those, a lot of those are chickens. All right. You know, just saying <laughs> pigs and dog, uh, you know, so Secret Life of Pets. Yeah, well, it's got the dogs and pigs. and All right. Never mind
1: yeah it's it's kind of the same thing but not really but yeah i don't know i after watching it 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 mm-hmm. looks great it looks fun it looks like a, a solid dark mm-hmm. ride and not a lot of well screens.
0: you know but not entirely screen free in fact one of the, the the funnier running gags of the thing is as you're making your way through the queue which by the way has uh animatronic figures in it um but uh you know that at various points you run into Norman the guinea pig, who was introduced in the first uh, Secret Life Pet film from 2016, and then was back for the sequel in 2019. But you see him up in the vents, and he actually, you know, he's chatting with you about how he's still trying to find his apartment. And, and by the way, if we're talking about screens, you know, of course we have Fast and Furious Supercharged the. Uh, The scene that was added to the Universal Tram Tour, uh, part of the 50th anniversary, it became the new finale of that ride back in June of 2015, and then it became a standalone attraction at Universal Studios uh, Florida back in April of
1: 2018, and I I think... Dustin,
0: you would agree, not entirely successful?
1: Um. If I remember correctly, we're allowed to say that it's a... I'm trying to remember the, the right phrasing. It's an attraction. Mm-hmm. It's uh, there. I think the it's it's where you go if you want to look at Harry Potter. Mm. And then you walk to Harry Potter and you look back and you say, Wow. That was a really interesting walk. And you've experienced Supercharged Me. <laughs> um, all
0: right. <laughs> no, it's, it was, it's, I, it's, I went it's a, on
1: it. I, it's, it's there. It's
0: a mixed success. All right. It has, yeah has a, a very immersive cue. And I love this store. I will give there we it go. That. All the right. Store. We are <laughs> trying to pick over the corpse here, folks. All right. Um, but, but to contrast, the Fast and Furious film se- series is one of the most successful franchises in Hollywood history. And more to the point, it is finally returning. 22 theaters, June 25th of this year. And uh, did you see the uh, the event that Universal Pictures has put together to sort of prime the pump for Epstein?
1: I remember oh. seeing some of those uh, trilogy mm-hmm. uh, films where they would have you go, I believe Toy Story 4 did it, where you would be able to go and see the first three I believe, the day before, and then you could go back and watch it. So you're right in the middle of it. It looks like what they're doing with Fast and the Furious is that type of, of an event where you're revisiting the characters and the, the experiences so you're able to jump into F9 with a full knowledge of what's going on in that world, right? Well,
0: yes, but in in a very you know, but remember also we we're, we're dealing with, you know, theater chains around the country that have been running at very low capacity for months and and you know, desperate to get folks back. And so what's interesting is Universal Pictures is partnering with these theaters to do an eight-week long stunt. Uh, in fact, starting this coming Friday, April 30th, uh, the very first uh, The Fast and the Furious from 2001 uh, will debut in theater and then every Friday after that uh, a different uh, in chronological order a different Fast and the Furious film will be screened uh, they're starting with 500 theaters uh, here in North America and eventually that number will grow to over 900 uh, very interesting aspect in that both universal and and these theaters are presenting these movies for free. All right, so it's like you know, you mind you, I, I understand you have to go online arrange for your ticket, uh, but but you can go and in for eight weeks in a row watch Fast and Furious films. Uh, of course, this is a movie theater, so uh, I'm sure the, the theaters will, will make out like bandits on on popcorn and soda sales. But uh, you know, and all of this marching toward uh, F nine debuting uh, in theaters on june 25th of this year but i again i i think this is a very smart way to build interest in f9 more to the point you know given it that this is still a time when people are, are somewhat hesitant about going back into theaters and you know, it's like, well, how about free? Do you like the, the price of free? You know, and you know.
1: But it's interesting that you're saying that uh, the that Universal is partnering with the uh, the exhibitors and the the theaters because that's something that we we haven't seen a lot of, uh, especially with folks like Universal with their Peacock mm-hmm. and with Disney and Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of conversation over the last year of where uh the the cineplexes of the world and where the movie theaters of the world are going to fit in a post-pandemic world Mm -hmm. uh besides being a very large auditorium for them to sell out to you know schools and universities uh or Mm esports so it's it's a very interesting thing that they're doing it but you know that's that's just uh, a great idea from the folks at Universal. No, 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 no. They're, they're very smart people there,
0: and and to engender goodwill with the exhibitors equally smart. But, but again, you know that the you know it isn't like they haven't done smart things before. Like you know, uh, April thirteenth of this year, we got news about uh, the Universal Parks and Resorts. They've selected a developer for that uh 20 acre affordable housing community that that they're building uh this is supposed to be built uh along the or excuse me near the international drive corridor not all that terribly far from where they're they're building their fourth theme park uh epic universe and uh when this you know they're, they're supposed to start construction in late 2022 Uh, When completed, this affordable housing community will include a thousand high quality apartments as well as 16,000 square feet of retail. Uh, But like I said, you know, very smart move, you know, on Universal's part when it comes to engendering goodwill in in Orange County. Uh, By the way, folks, uh, Dustin and I will be trying to engender a little goodwill of our own. Uh, When we get back from break, we're going to read you some uh, listener mail. Your happy Price,
1: Priceline.
0: You're back. Um, okay, uh, another quick bit of uh, Universal Orlando related news uh, before we get to that piece of listener mail. Um, did you see where we now have an opening date uh, for Lowe's Sapphire Falls Hotel?
1: Uh, yeah, it looks like they're coming back on May 18th, mm-hmm. which is incredibly good news uh, for. You know, folks who who love staying at uh, at Universal Orlando and staying on property, mm-hmm. uh, the folks at Low Sapphire Falls, mm-hmm. uh, they they need to come back. All the hospitality in that area just needs uh, needs some love, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm very excited to see. What's gonna end up happening at Sapphire Falls because they're gonna have to, you know, make a big splash to get people excited.
0: Well, I, I guess what in, is intriguing for me, given that they they do share some back of house stuff with the the Aventura, um, I, I'm kind of intrigued that we've got a date for the opening of the Sapphire Falls, but nothing yet for Aventura. Likewise, you know, I, I've been dying to get. To the endless summer, uh, Surfside in Swedes, and uh, you know just because you know it's supposed to be you know the, 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 the best priced most modern uh, value resort in all of Central Florida, uh, mm-hmm. but again that one's you know still doesn't have an opening date. So uh, and you have to assume given the Velocicoaster uh, well we've got a June tenth opening now for that. Um, you got to assume at some point we're gonna, you know, f- you know, find out about, you know, where Aventura and Surfside fits into all that. Uh,
1: now we do have news though about the passholder preview okay. that's coming mm-hmm. from uh from Universal. Mm-hmm. So once again, like any Universal uh annual passholder preview, you have to go online. But previews are open for select times uh, from Sunday, May the 2nd through Wednesday, May the 5th. Reservations are limited and there will not be a standby line. Uh, so once again, you have to go on to the uh, the Universal exclusive or the Universal Orlando Passholder exclusive website. Um, And uh, yeah, they're doing limited capacity, but it's going to be incredible to uh, be able to go into this. Uh, Just stop onto the the website and if it is closed or if they're at capacity, just keep checking back. You never know what will happen.
0: Well, you know, and don't get me wrong, I love that that they're doing that, uh, but at the same time, I just, I found it very amusing that when, what was it, it within a day or so of when Universal announced that, okay, here's the official opening date for VelociCoaster at Island's Adventure, Uh, Disney felt the need to go, oh, oh, um, by the way, did you notice that we are opening the Avengers Campus in Anaheim a week earlier, uh, you know, on, on June 4th? Um,
1: literally two days later so April 6th it happened at at Universal's Mm. talking about Velocicoaster Mm. and April 8th over on Mm. Marvel.com it shows up and they're like hey by the way I love that like you could just imagine being in the that conversation that Mm. zoom call being like, okay, so we have this mm. ready, but as soon as they mention anything mm. about Velocicoaster, mm. just press yeah. send.
0: I mean, it just, again, it just, for me, it's it's amazing that even at this late date, uh, Universal and Disney are still locked in, <laughs> in Mortal Kombat. You know, they are so competitive. And um, yep. uh, and which brings us actually to uh, our listener letter uh danny from the Netherlands writes dear jim i listen to your podcast for hours thanks so much for the great entertainment i'm living in the netherlands and i'm a big fan so i have a few questions i would like to ask you and dustin um universal orlando seems to have a lot of old not used ride and show buildings in the park the whole barney area the old theater at toon lagoon as well as the lost continent area with uh, you know, with of course the the stunt show and it, it's like why do they still have the need to build a new theme park when they have so much weird empty space in the park uh he asks uh what's the future of poseidon's fury like most of the effect shows they seem to uh uh, aged uh that's how we lost disaster twister and in europe uh temple del fuego uh that's a ported uh aventura built by universal he's right that's a great story we should look at that um and so what's the future of these kinds of experiences and expensive shows because they cost so much money to operate but what you can do with these massive buildings and very curious your opinions and again greetings from the netherlands danny um well danny um the interesting thing is when you look at the, these these empty show buildings you know when you you look at a toon lagoon or for that matter you look at the barney area you have to you know i mean again it's it, it's like well what's universal parks and resorts going to do with those and it's like well okay here's the thing you have to sort of take a, a step up. you have to look a few pay grades up. Um, to uh, Comcast. And you got to remember back in December of 2009, Comcast uh, acquires NBC Universal. Uh, for 13.75 billion dollars uh, it actually and it was such an involved such an expensive deal It took Comcast till January 2011 to complete the deal and even then Comcast wasn't able to take full control of NBC Universal till March of 2013. Now um, I, I particularly draw your attention to um, the gentleman, Who's the chairman of NBC Universal? Uh, he's a senior executive vice president at Comcast. His uh, name is Stephen B. Burke, and Stephen is former Disney. Okay, uh, to be specific, uh, January of 1986, Burke joins the Walt Disney Company. He comes over from uh, having a senior executive position at General Foods. He's somebody that Michael Eisner and Frank Wells personally seek out. Uh, it, you know, he's he's a go-getter. He's a you know. In fact, it, it says a lot about the guy what what Eisner uh, and Wells thought about him it, that from 1992 to 1996. Uh, Burke was the president and chief operating officer of Euro Disney and uh, those of you who know the history of Euro Disney that was right after the park hit the iceberg you know that that um, you know they were supposed to get uh, what was it 12 they were projected to do 12 million or 12 million people for attendance for the first year only got seven and they weren't meeting their financials. They weren't meeting their attendance goals. And Burke was the one who righted the ship. Uh, you know, he worked with Frank Wells to help uh, you know renegotiate deals with the uh, the consortium of bankers who who'd paid for that you know three billion dollar project. Um, and in fact, it, again, it says so much about you know what. Uh, Eisner and Company thought of Burke that you know Disney buys Cap City, uh, ABC, you know the, the the television network, in 1995. Uh, again, a 20 billion dollar uh, you know acquisition. And who do they put in charge of it in 1996? Uh, but see Burke, he's the executive vice president of ABC, and the following year they make him president of ABC Broadcasting. Um, so, you know, this is, a, you know, but the interesting thing is in 1998, Burke basically sees that, you know, there's a ceiling here and that that my career, you know, my career path, you know, <laughs> you know the job I want is Michael Eisner's. And, you know, I, I don't think Michael's given up the job.
1: Yeah. Michael's not going anywhere anytime soon. That's crazy talk.
0: Yeah. And but the, the, <laughs> the interesting thing is that also at this point. Um, Burke has spent enough time working in you know terrestrial broadcast television to sort of see the future you know what's going on in cable and that sort of thing so he gets the opportunity he becomes uh, going to get hired by Comcast so he ends up as president of of Comcast Cable but but here's the thing he still loves Disney he still loves the theme park business so uh, we jump ahead five years and we have Michael Eisner uh, in, in his toughest position uh, during his tenure at Disney. This is when Roy Disney has left the company. He's launched the Save Disney movement. Uh, Eisner is getting hammered you know, by shareholders. And, <laughs> and out of the blue, February of 2008, in the middle of that debacle, Comcast makes a surprise unsolicited offer to buy the Walt Disney Company. Uh, you know, it's Burke who's pushing this project that they want to buy Disney for $54 billion. (laughs) And Eisner's like, Go away, I don't need this right now. You know, I I, I gotta take care of Roy, don't do this to me. Uh, so April 29th, that same year, Comcast pulls the Disney bid off the table. Uh, but they, you know, again, this is a guy who still loves the theme park business. Um, and meanwhile, to pivot. To Universal, um, you know, it, as we step into the mid nineteen uh, nineties, or I mean, uh, two thousand mid two thousands, things start to get really interesting in Universal. Uh, you know, first in uh, May of two thousand seven, Universal announces that it has the theme park rights to Harry Potter, and let's remember that, that they, the Disney had those first, and and you know managed to tick off J.K. Rowling, so you know those rights walked out the door with her.
1: Not, not even ticker off like yeah. they they completely mishandled that um, no, like but... imagine that but the butterbeer sales oh, like oh. that just went down like because you know that disney came to jk and was like hey so here's what we're gonna do with butterbeer. it's gonna be a mix of beverly mm-hmm. and something else that you know we'll we'll package it we'll stick a disney label on it and all will be great and jk's like or we can do butter beer the way that it's supposed to, mm. and we're just like, no, you know, we know no. how to do this.
0: I mean, the, the, again, you know, the, 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 the to to, to <laughs> it, it's it, it, supremely ironic. Just today, somebody was showing a, a photo of the queue at Galaxy's Edge for the Blue Milk, yep. and there was no one in line. You know, I mean, <laughs> I, I, again, you know, the, you're right. Disney had. The option of you know having Potter in the parks and and having they were being, just
1: going to give her a an attraction. It wasn't even going to be a full fledged land like Avatar. Yeah. No, So no, it's
0: it's it, it's not a great story. No. But anyway, uh, May of two thousand eight, uh, we have the Simpson ride open at Universal Studios Florida and Hollywood, um, and then we jump ahead. Uh, you know, uh, you know, we have June of two thousand ten. Uh, the very first Wizening World opens up now. Mind you, remember uh, back in November of uh, two, me, December of two thousand nine. This was when Comcast uh, you know announces its plans to acquire NBC Universal, and um, there is this famous story of you know the deal is still going on. I remember it took till two thousand eleven to actually you know complete the deal, and then two thousand thirteen they don't don't get full control till then. But here's Steve Burke uh, in his position, you know, finally in the late summer of 2010. uh, They've reached the stage where they can finally get into the books at, at the Universal Parks. And Burke's like, are you kidding me? You guys recovered the entire $150 million construction costs for the original Wizarding World in five months? (laughs) <laughs> and you did it all on the back of Butterbeer? And it's like, absolutely. Oh. And it's just one of these things where it's like, okay, you know, the, let me say this. As soon as we complete this year, we're getting into the Harry Potter business. And they did. Um, you know, we, we saw, uh, it, it, but more to the point, you know, he saw what you could do on the back of uh you know theme park food so uh, june of 2013 we have uh fast food boulevard we see the expansion of uh, Simpsons land at uh, Universal Studios Florida and that's where we get uh Moe's and that's where we most Tavern you know uh, and the um, Duff, uh Krusty Burger Kresty Burger and Duff and you know and the, you can you know, get your your very own Flaming Moe and then yeah. um July of 2014 we have our, our our Wizarding World of Harry Potter opens at Universal Studios Japan uh May of 2015 we have the the super-sized version of of Fast Food Boulevard, Uh, Springfield, USA, opens at Universal Studios Hollywood. And then the the very next year, uh, you know, uh, right next door to it, uh, we get the Wizarding World of Harry Potter opens at Universal Studios Hollywood. Uh, And then just three months after that, we get the Wizarding World Diagon Alley opens at Universal Studios, uh, you know, uh, Florida. And... Mm -hmm but here's the thing again as enthusiastic as steve burke was about oh my god look at the money we're making off of you know a, a potter and now look at the simpsons there's still the fact that they're licensing these characters they you know they're licensing these ips you know simpsons is from fox and obviously you know uh you know that harry potter is from warner brothers and in this same window of time this remember uh, april of, of 2016 july of 2016 nbc universal buys dreamworks animation uh they pay 3.8 billion but they get access to that library of characters and it's it's what's interesting in this window of time is supposedly burke sits down with the folks at that the nbc you know the universal parks and resorts and it's the effect of okay um you know that that's it's time now especially since we just paid 3.8 billion for dreamworks to start making you know more of our library of stuff our library yep. of characters um, and really, if you think about it, Dustin, it's it's not a coincidence that in that fa- same five-year period of time, we've seen things like, for example, the Terminator 2 3D attraction at Universal Studios becomes the Bourne, uh, a Bourne stuntacular. Because again, Universal owns the Bourne thing. Likewise, mm-hmm. if we look at Epic Universe, uh you know for example the info we have to date that, that that park is going to include a universal classic monsters land or for that matter a how to train your dragon land and again these are two properties that are owned right, outright uh by by universal now conversely we have something like a day in the park with Bar- uh barney uh, you know that has always been a licensing deal you know since that attraction first opened uh July of 1995 uh that was you know universal reaching out and, and cutting a deal with the, the folks who made the, the the barney television show uh and so uh, you know th- to answer Danny's questions if you look at things like Toon Lagoon uh which is filled with you know uh licensing deals you know the the uh you know the so many of the king features cartoon strips or that sort of thing uh universal cut the deals for, uh, and, you know, it's it's one of these things where it's like, okay, so we'd like to do this in-house, and what do we have that we could do in-house? And uh, to sort of bring this full circle, uh, sometimes that doesn't necessarily work. Um, the, you know, Fast and Furious Supercharge ride. Um, again, a hugely successful series of films for Universal Pictures not necessarily a a successful attraction for the parks. Um,
1: now, is that because of the attraction or is that because of the, the brand? I think that if they were to do something like Cars Land mm-hmm. with a Radiator Springs, where you're actually racing cars, that'd be different than if you basically just brought over part of a studio tour and call it its own attraction.
0: You know, I, I don't honestly know what to tell you about that. I do think it's significant that the Beijing Park, uh, which is supposed to open, what, later this year? Mm-hmm. Um, did, when it was initially announced, have a Fast and Furious attraction that uh, fell off the table. Uh, and I'm told it was largely because of the reaction to. Uh, the you know the standalone version of Fast and Furious Supercharged. It's like, ooh, let's not do that. Um, mm. But further complicating the situation, obviously, is the fact that March of uh, 2019, the Walt Disney Company buys Fox for $71.3 billion. And, again, you know, one of the, 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 the real cherries there, one of the real jewels in the crown... Uh, of the fox acquisition has been the simpsons yeah uh and you know that that you know there's a lot of folks at, at universal creative who are kind of eyeballing the terms of that contract and it's just sort of like how uh, oh, you know that that you know you know we probably do need to be ready because you know this is not you know uh, like the Marvel deal that the you know uh, you know the, the the licensing deal that was cut way back when uh this one actually has some solid exit dates and mm-hmm. some thresholds and it's like you know when you think about the amount of territory that the Simpsons takes up in Hollywood or for that matter uh you know uh, the you know the, the land that it occupies at Universal Studios Florida I, I mean mind you we're still at least 10 or 15 years out before yep. you know that the you know, that 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 deal goes into Twilight. But at the same time, if you look at what Warner Brothers is doing with Harry Potter, you know, that that, uh, you know, for example, uh, we've got what that flagship store uh, that it's going to be opening in New York City in the, the Flatiron District in June of this year. Uh, And I don't know if you saw where they are building effectively a clone of that Harry Potter studio tour from uh, that's at Leavesden Studio in the UK. They're they're building one of those in Japan. And, you know, when it comes to Warners, you know, they've got their own agenda going when it comes to Potter. And yes, you know, uh, anybody who's looked at the Epic Universe plans knows that there's some sort of Harry Potter element to uh, that park, but at the same time, let's be honest. This is the land that is most hidden under a fireworks display. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know uh, which you know, I think the story you and I have both heard was that uh, this was going to be the Fantastic Beast land, and then the Fantastic Beast films weren't doing the business of the original Harry Potter films we're doing and and now uh, near everything i'm hearing is universal creative is revisiting that idea and uh now we're 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 reverting to harry potter classic you know the, the the first eight films and this may be the ministry of magic but that that's probably a story for another show but um but again long story short danny um what you're looking at uh, why a lot of these things are being held in reserve is that, you know, there is this discussion, you know, coming down from Comcast to the Universal Parks to the effect of we want IP that we own and control in the parks. And, you know, and especially when you look at the Universal Parks, you know, and it's it's not the Disney situation. They don't have 43 square miles of land. They have, I want to say, is it? It's eight hundred and seventy-four acres. I want to say is the the main campus, um, you know, and and then you know, there's of course what will be built up at Epic, uh, the the Epic Universe site. Um, but yeah, that that because there is such a limit on real estate, uh, Universal thinks long and hard about it, and yep. and, and also. You know especially on the heels of what happened with uh, fast and furious supercharge when you bet wrong uh and you spend tens of million dollars building a ride that that people don't aren't really that excited about it, it gives you pause <laughs> when you're you're looking to spend the next 10 million or, or some odd dollars on on attraction so um just going to be interesting to watch over the, the next 10 years or so as a number of these deals twilight uh to see What comes into the parks, but yeah, Yeah,
1: definitely watch the dominoes uh, Mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, Universal has uh, they have IP to play with, Mm -hmm. and you're also going to see you know some some interesting moves. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've heard from a for such a long time about Men in Black getting a refurbishment. Mm -hmm. Um, The fact that it's still referencing the first movie, and there's been multiple iterations with completely different casts Mm -hmm. all the way through that Uh, you have. Fear factor, right there. Like, there's a lot of IPs and a lot of buildings mm-hmm. that have been in our shows in the past. Talking about different rumors and different ideas.
0: Well, and and uh, you know, again, to, 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 to sort of nail this home, and don't get me wrong, I love uh, *Men in Black: Alien Attack*. In fact, I, I want to say that recently celebrated an anniversary. In fact, the gentleman who was in charge of creation of that attraction, Dave Cobb, was actually at the park and it was nice to see the fans, you know, fetting him, so to speak.
1: I just remember you you and I we were in cars just mm. like separate and uh on our Universal Joint uh podcast mm. uh with Storybook Destinations and oh my goodness, you your car beat me. And well, I was just like, How is this possible? And then I looked, you you had ringers the entire time.
0: I I was traveling with people who actually had hand-eye coordination. I don't. <laughs> um, anyway, that that. But yeah, that that. But remember, that's the thing of alien. You know, uh, Men in Black, alien attack. That's still, um, you know, that's an IP that they license. That's from Sony, and you know that that you again. I that's one deal. I hope never goes south, but. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so all right. Uh, hopefully, Danny, that answers your question. But more to the point, thank you for bringing up uh, Port Aventura. Uh, always been a fascination of mine. In fact, uh, you know, uh, let me see if I can work up a feature about that uh, for the next show. Because again, that 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 should have been uh, Universal's answer to to Euro Disney, and why that went south. In fact, uh, the, the, the sort of tease the story. This was another uh steve burke situation there was a gentleman who was former disney who was in in charge of that project and and fought very hard for it uh and and, and again it was one of these you know financials uh you know that the folks who were a couple of pay grades up making decisions that net uh, the people at universal parks didn't necessarily agree in. but again we'll get that to the next show uh in the meantime dustin um you know that, that if folks are are looking for things to do before we get a new
1: universal drain out the door, uh, where can they find you online and what are you up to? So I'm over at steps to magic uh, doing a, a few rewrites of some some articles uh, that were highly successful in the past that I'm trying to bring into 2021 with the you know lack of ability to get down there uh, tempted to just hire photographers to go through and be like tell me how the butter beer actually tastes um, but yeah I'm over at Steps to Magic on Instagram and. Uh, yeah over here at universal joint podcast okay uh
0: well again, again hopefully you're, you're enjoying this show but if, if you're looking for other stuff to listen to we of course have uh the mothership disney dish with len Testa. we have uh marvel us disney uh which i do with Aaron adams the gentleman who edits a lot of the podcast here um let's see we have fine tuning with drew taylor we just got another one of those in the hopper uh i am going to be finally recording a brand new looking at lucas later this week uh and then on the heels of that uh we're going to be doing a new i want that that will be keying off a pretty big chunk of news which i can't talk about yet so um anyway tell you what folks uh if you could do uh dustin and i a favor if you could head over to apple Podcasts and rate and review uh the universal jump podcast that would be very helpful uh on the other hand if you really 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 like what you heard here if you want to head over to bandcamp and subscribe uh well you know <laughs> that'll help pay for, for for dustin ordering things from the universal legacy store <laughs> uh let's see social media wise um dustin where can they find you social media wise
1: uh, at Dustin Foos, at Steps to Magic, uh, across the board.
0: Okay. Uh, well, Nancy tells me you can find us on Twitter and Instagram is Jim Hill Media. And on Facebook is Jim Hill Media News. Uh, anyway, folks, uh, that's going to do it for now. Uh, Dustin and I will be back in two weeks with a brand new Universal Giant. So thanks for listening, and we will be back soon.